Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Glowing Weak Point, the Fortnite podcast where we talk about games and anime and light novels and the news and uh, the history of gaming and just random media and also what happens in our day-to-day lives. Speaking of lives, my name is John, my host is Wombat. Hi! And... You know, What's your glowing weak point, Wombat? Real quick, if you're going to keep calling this a Fortnite podcast, I'm going to start tagging the podcast with Fortnite, just for that search engine optimization. Do it. <laughs> um, you know, it's been a weird week. Um, <laughs> I thought, so, the kid, right? We've been watching my niece. Yeah. And her mother was talking about, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take her back. And nobody thinks that she's in the position where she can take her child back because she has not made any more money. She's only been to one therapy appointment and she does <sighs> is not doing anything. Um, yeah. But she was like, oh, I'm going to take my baby back. So we were like, okay, well, we don't understand the reason why we should wait until, like, they were going to do the, uh, take it, take them back, take her back on a March 3rd. And Cadence was like, eh, but like, why though? You can just have her back now. Yeah, no, that makes sense. (laughs) And now we're taking her back tomorrow. So I don't know what's happening. Okay. Yeah. It's it's a weird situation where I guess suddenly she's not yes. going to be watching over her child. <laughs> once once things became real, maybe I guess they uh she said, "No. I'm not actually ready." <laughs> um as far as good I I don't have like, this is just personal news. I'm not... <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I, I'm in a film appreciation class. Uh, we're actually going to be re- uh, filming a short, silent film tomorrow. By short, I mean, like, Ooh. 45 minutes or something. Like... Yeah. Not f- minutes. Fucking seconds. 45 seconds to a minute. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be acting in it. That's nice. I like acting. Ooh. Okay, yeah. Um, but this class is... Every now and then I go through periods where, like, my my interest in film is revitalized. And I go through this period of watching, like, tons of classic movies and shit, right? And yeah. what better fucking reason to do it than you're in a film class? Uh, so I watched Saturday Night Fever this week. <laughs> Have you seen Saturday Night Fever? No. Uh, okay, so it's John Travolta's big breakout role. John Travolta's yes. great in it. Uh, he dances, and when John Travolta uh-huh. dances, it's it's magic. Like he should dance in every fucking movie he's in, and I think he does. To be honest, <laughs> it's it's pretty regular, yeah. Like even even in Pulp Fiction, he danced a little bit, and it's it's good. Yes. <laughs> uh huh. 
That is one of the most iconic sections from that film, yes. There's, uh, I mean, the whole... <laughs> you could point at any section of Pulp Fiction and be like, that's one of the most iconic sections in film ever. Uh, <laughs> not as much, though. Like, there, there's... Like, there's definitely there's the Bruce Willis uh, po- uh or not Bruce Willis Bruce Willis wasn't in that scene but the gold watch scene with Christopher Walken um there's there's the uh <clears throat> the gimp that's, that's dungeon not as... there's the gimp dungeon with Bruce Willis yeah Zed's that's also dead not baby as iconic that's that's also not as iconic <laughs> there's I mean there's the apartment scene where Vincent uh, or John Travolta and uh, Samuel L. Jackson magically don't get yeah. shot. Yeah, no, that's that's one of the more iconic ones. Um, and then there's also Quentin Tarantino saying the N word a lot. Uh, speaking yeah, of saying the N word a lot, the less. <laughs> speaking of saying the N word a lot, uh, the main characters of. Saturday Night Fever just drop that and other racial slurs like pretty often throughout the movie. Actually, the N word is only in like one early scene, but they use a a derogatory term for Hispanic people uh, consistently ah. throughout the film. Is that the the S word? Yeah, yeah. Which can I be honest? Is it's not a word that's really used today anymore, and so not so much. I genuinely had no idea what group of people it was referring to until I started seeing <laughs> them like directly refer to on-screen people with this term. Yeah, I, I I honestly thought it was referring to Jewish people. That was that was my understanding of that term, and it is not. No, <laughs> no, it is it is definitely not. No. Um, and also, there's a sexual assault on screen in the film, which, for a movie that's ranked as, like, one of the greatest of the 70s and possibly of all time, it was kind of, like, rough to suddenly have that thrown on me. And especially because yeah. it's near the end of the film, so there's no uh, there's no way to wrestle with for the character or us as the audience to wrestle with what we're seeing. Um, like if the movie was about it, that'd be one thing, but it's just kind of a thing that happens. And then the story moves on. And then the movie ends like 15 minutes later. Yeah. Uh, not a movie I would recommend people watch personally, but I don't regret seeing it. Uh, Okay. Maybe look up clips of John Travolta dancing in it because that's always good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also watched a movie, um, not this past week, but the week before, um, when I went to see the Sword Art Online progressive film. Oh, is that out? Yes. Uh, which floors does this cover? Uh, I think floors four. I, I, I think it's floor like the end of floor four, the beginning of floor five. So like ones we haven't read yet, or no, we read floor four. Yeah, it it actually covers the boss of floor four into floor five. Okay, because the the floor four was the one with all the water, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Wait, I remember 4-4, so it... like, the book barely even mentioned the boss. Like, the boss was thrown away at the end of the fucking book. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it, it, it mentions that, uh, with Argo's help at the last minute, they drain the water and fight the boss. Right. And and this does that. They, they fight that boss where eventually the place starts flooding and... Uh, Kirito calls out to, to Argo and she opens the thing and um, the water rushes out, dragging along uh, everyone but our uh, uh, protagonists who then of manage course. to get the, the final kill. Because, because he always uh, does. He steals every single kill. Yes. Kirito uh, actually although, is like one uh, of the uh, worst people to play games with, like genuinely. <laughs> <laughs> he he does not actually get the final strike bonus. The, this is a spoiler, I guess, for the boss at the end of the movie. Oh, for the 4 uh, or 5 that, boss. Yeah. That honor should have gone to Asuna, but, in- but instead said, it went to Asuna's friend from school the new to the franchise character that they introduced with the first movie okay the one who was not even mentioned in the progressive books but since yeah, the progressive the, 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 movies are apparently from asana's perspective weirdly um here she is yeah i mean it's it's really it's a different look at it like i i i I think of them as being a reimagining. Right. <laughs> like, they're not actually connected. I, it's I think a reimagining of that, a reimagining like, at that point, though. Like, like, it's insane the levels of uh, yeah. what we're Here, going here's, through. Here's, <laughs> here's my point of view on it. Um, the current um, version, like, the, the current canon is the progressive books and then the Sword Art Online books that follow that. Um, so, like, you, you don't even get book books one or two anymore because they are non-canonical because uh, Asuna and Kirito are together from the beginning. Versus, and so, like, they decanonized the first two books of the light novel and put progressive in there. And then they also have the movies, which are their own universe. <laughs> right. God, this is... But... Oh. Uh, it was a pretty good movie. Uh, if you don't like Sword Art Online, don't go watch it. Right. I um, mean, if you didn't see the you, first if, one, don't watch it. Like, If, if you... Uh, only a little bit like Sword Art Online, also don't watch it. <laughs> But if you're a glutton for punishment and hate yourself, yes, like John, if, if you if you really really like Sword Art Online, then uh, this this was a, a worthwhile movie. But it's it's gotta be that. <laughs> it's not about um, to do Saturday Night Fever numbers, is what you're saying. No, no, and, and I, I, we we both walked out of it, my wife and I, and we're like. This this was a great movie. Loved watching it. Couldn't tell you anything that happened. Could not tell you a single thing that happened in the entire movie. I mean, I, I can, but there's there's no one place I can point to that's like, man, 
that was a great scene. Right. Or like, I really liked how it did blah. I could tell you the plot of the movie, but like, you, you were mentioning um, the Pulp Fiction. Right. The, where you could we were point pointing out scene individual and, and, scenes in the film and being like, eh, I mean, this, that one ranks, but it's not higher than... The Gimp Basement Dungeon is a fantastic scene that is interesting because of blah, but there are other scenes better than it. You you can't do that with with, uh, (laughs) Scherzo of a Dark Knight. It's it's not like that. Yeah. Okay. I I did get frustrated at some of the reviews that I read uh, like more recently. Because uh, they're like, and then it's like, oh, Asuna's afraid of ghosts randomly. Like, why'd they throw that in there? It's like, because canonically she's afraid of ghosts. It's in it's the in first, the first book. book. It's in the Well, no, it's not in the, the first book. It's in book. the second book. No, they, they mention it in the... F- okay, wait. No, because no. Yui is in the second book. They also mention it with the, um... Uh, the murder thing right but that's not in the first book like is it not, I, don't, I don't know I, where I, the fuck I, that I, comes from we have not reached that point i okay. don't know where that's from <laughs> it's in the anime I, I couldn't, but <laughs> i couldn't remember where that happened listen um, i think that might be additional filler for the anime <laughs> oh yeah well no no it it isn't a light novel okay i, I know that it was I know not everything in the first two in the, yeah okay because later on they go back and they just there's there's a couple of the light novels are just like here's random stories from throughout the franchise (laughs) and it's not even like here are uh, here's Einkrad side stories part two it's like here's sword art online side stories we're gonna we're gonna just let's just go back to shit that we've already fucking resolved like is not relevant anymore at all. Re- Reki Kawahara is bored and had no <laughs> ideas to continue his current story. So we're going back and uselessly fleshing out old stories. Yeah. <laughs> but like canonically it's it's pretty pretty well established that Asuna is scared of ghosts. Yeah, second book shit like I don't know why you think that's, uh... Oh, why is it being added in now? It's it's a thing. Right. <laughs> You're an idiot reviewer. But most of them are anyways. Um, side tangent. Uh, this is not my glowing weak point. This is just, uh, let's talk about life for a second. Okay. Um, which you, you got to do as well, so... I did. It's only fair. Um, right now we're taking care of two dogs because, uh, we drove, uh, into our neighborhood and there were just two big old dogs there that were unaccompanied, accompanied by anyone. And so we got out and they ran over to us and then we've been taking care of them while trying to find their owners. Um, I recall something like this happening before and you found the owner pretty quickly. Yes. These are not the same dogs. Um, in fact, they're giant dogs. <laughs> oh, yeah? One of them is a, a pity of some sort. Pitbull Oh, we have mix. pities next door that keep getting into our yard. They're destroying the old rotten fence and clawing <laughs> their way into our yard. 
Yeah. Uh, super friendly dog. Very scary to look at, but super friendly dog. Right. No, same way with the, the dog and, next and door, Ari. They, yeah, they, they jump up at all, and it's like, uh, you could knock me over. I'm scared. Like, easily. <laughs> and, like... They're like 80-pound dogs. They're huge. At least. At <laughs> least. Um, and, uh, then the other one is, it's like, it looks like a German Shepherd, but it's, like, short. It's not tall like a German Shepherd is. So, uh, or, or maybe, like, a Belgian Malinois. Uh... So I'm I'm calling it a Corganois because <laughs> because it it is it's 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 long, it's got stubby legs. It's about as as tall as the the pity is, um, which uh, pimples aren't particularly tall, um, but it's got these German Shepherd Belgian Malinois uh, facial features. So it's like a giant. Corgi with the German Shepherd face. I don't know. Anyways, uh, it's a weird so we, dog. we found them. It is. We found them yesterday, and we were trying to find like they they've got. They are chipped. We managed to to find a place that would scan them for chips, and then we managed to find out where the chips were connected to because there's more than one um, place online where you can get your uh, chip details stored. I don't know. Right. I don't know what the words for it are. Um, and so we got, we, we contacted them and the uh, they they called, because they're not going to give us their numbers, uh, they called the owners and clearly they're together. Like, Too like much? clearly the dogs are uh, well acquainted with each other. Right. They're friends. Um, yeah. But one dog we found the owner for. Uh, they don't have the same owner. One dog we found the owner for, and apparently they've just been caring for this other dog because it's uh, for like a couple weeks now, apparently. And the other the the owner listed for the other one is just not picking up their cell phone or the a different one like the phone's out of uh, service. So, uh, yeah, it sucks. It's like we got in touch with the one owner and we're we get to pass off the dog to them later today, but the other one's just gonna have to be picked up by animal control because we we can't keep caring for the dog. <laughs> We are we are not equipped to have a dog like an 80, 80 to one hundred pound dog, right? It's not a thing our... that you you just take in and are fine with. You have to like yeah prepare your house and shit to yeah uh, so accommodate like, a dog of that size. Yeah, and, and uh, also you have two other dogs who are much smaller. Yeah, <laughs> like forty to fifty pounds. So it's like you have a dog who is. Uh, twice as large as either of these other two dogs. And uh, one of my dogs doesn't... Like, neither of my dogs particularly like other dogs. Um, 
one of them tolerates the others, and the other one is is kind of scared of them in general. So we got the dogs outside on chains, which I hate doing because that's a terrible way to treat a dog. But like, but like, what are we gonna do? Yeah, Uh, we we found them yesterday, so we we managed to have like we we got a we had an extra large crate from a prior dog. And then we managed to get our hands on another one from a, a, a loner from a family. Um, so we were able to crate them overnight inside, but like we can't just leave them crated. And right, they let them go outside, chain them up. Like... Yeah, and it's also it's it's cold, so like <laughs> right, don't really want to just leave them outside either. But I can't let them roam free inside because they're massive. They're massive. They're gigantic. And you so, have all these other fucking pets. <laughs> I do. I have, I, have, I have too many. Right. You've got the two gay frogs. You've got... Yeah. You've got your snake. You've got a bunch of fish. You've got the fish. two dogs. You've got, you've got all those fish. Yeah. It's too much. Right. So You weren't ready for two it's massive a, I, animals. <laughs> I don't want to give them to the, the animal control, but... Like, I can't take care of them. Right. I mean, one, of the, one, person, one person answered the phone, right? They're not coming to get the dog? They are. They, they have to work. So. I assume there's days. There, you get off of work. Like, you work for a set period of time, right? And then there's a set period of time every day. Where you don't work. I agree. And they should have answered their fucking phone yesterday when they were called multiple times. But apparently they don't care about their dogs that much. Um, uh, so yeah, they, they're, they're, they're getting off sometime tonight. We're going to have to meet up and hand the dog over. But the other one are just kind of waiting for animal control to show up. Right. Which, I mean, if it happens, I might have to <laughs> step away for a minute. Right, I mean, it's a sad um, thing, but, like... Yep. What are you going to do? Anyways, yeah. <laughs> on that uh, wonderful note, uh, let's uh, move on to... What anime have you watched this week? Uh, you know, jumping back, like, five minutes... Speaking of characters who are not scared of ghosts in the source material, but now are, um, Bofuri. Okay. Uh, Sally. Sally is the, uh, I would say, like, the deuteragonist of Bofuri. Like, the the main character is Maple, but Sally gets, like, just as much focus once she's in. Sally's the, the nerd from the beginning who... It goes for speed over defense, right? Yes. Maple's best friend. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, and, like, I've read four of the books, which covers, like, a span of time when in which the anime showed that uh, she was scared of ghosts, but in the books, ghosts did not come up. But in it, it, as the anime has continued, uh, 
we floor six of the game because for some reason the this shitty ass game this fucking this shitty fucking <laughs> it game is. it's a super shitty game <laughs> they they release floors of the game it, like like on a bi-weekly or monthly basis or something so we're at floor six now and i don't understand why they didn't just like leave the game unreleased until they had enough floors and shit. But... (laughs) But Floor 6, Sally could just not fucking play because it's entirely (laughs) (laughs) horror-themed. The the whole thing. I'm assuming that the light novel is past Floor 6, correct? Oh, yeah, the light novels are way past. And... And... Did she have any issues at all with the horror stuff? Oh, well, I haven't read the, the Floor 6 light novel. I haven't read that. Oh, one. So I don't okay. know if it comes up there. But yeah. I do know they introduced this uh this scare uh, or this phobia of hers earlier than it would have been introduced in the light novels cuz it it has not come up in what I've read. Yeah. Um so Maple has this thing where she can turn into a big old monster uh, called Atrocity. And, like, while Sally didn't play the floor, uh, she did have to beat the boss to get to floor seven once floor seven was released, right? And so Maple eats Sally. Okay. She turns into the atrocity, and then Sally climbs up inside of the atrocity's mouth, and Maple closes it so that she can fight the monster <laughs> and get, get credit for the kill. <laughs> huh. Yeah, it's gross. It's so gross. <laughs> And I don't know why Sally doesn't have an issue with that. She's scared of, like, ghosts and zombies and shit, but not of being inside the mouth of this horrendous fucking creature. Yeah. It's, like, fucking four stories tall, scaly, gross, slimy. Ugh. Um. Oh, yeah. I don't think... So, Bovary, the the second season came out, right? And for the first, like, two episodes, I mentioned before, they were using the first season's opening. I don't know what the fuck happened. They were using the first season's opening, and then, like, episode two or three comes along, and suddenly we've got a new opening now. And I'm like, what the fuck? Was that an error? Did somebody, like, accidentally swap in the fucking first opening? Like, what happened here? Were y'all late on getting that ready? <laughs> um, and the uh. last thing, the last thing I want to talk about with Bofuri, uh, there's, uh, the, they're really flying through events because they only really want to focus on events that like pit the clans or the guilds against each other, right? That's the ones that yeah. get all the focus. Um, yeah. But there's this event where there's like a 10 story tall t- tower and you separate into groups and then each group is in their own instance and they cl- they fight their way to the top of the tower 
And for whatever reason, there is a single episode, because this one crosses like two episodes, but there's a single episode of the anime where instead of uh, the regular like, like 2D animation they use for the entirety of the series... Um, they use CG animation for a, a fight scene, but it's not even okay. just for like the really complicated stuff they have the characters doing. It becomes like an episode of Ruby where like even standing around Weird. animation is fucking CG. And I, like, I don't understand. And the next episode, they're back to normal. They're back to hand drawn shit. I don't know what happened. This anime is baffling. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what happened with season two, but it is a mess. <laughs> weird. It's so weird. Huh. Okay, your turn. Ah. Uh. Hmm. What are you thinking about? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't really care about talking about those. Tell me about um, s- the angel next door spoils me rotten. Such a good anime, so good. Yeah. Uh, I. It's like, first of all, fuck the best friend, and especially fuck his girlfriend. So I mean, the the functionally the way it works is. There is the school goddess. She is the the one that everyone looks up to, and um, she like she's the one that all of the guys want to go out with. But uh, obviously, she's a human being. She doesn't want to be seen as this goddess up on a pedestal. She doesn't want to go out with a guy who just sees her as only this pretty thing or as a status symbol. Um, so she kind of keeps most people or most guys at, at arm's length and she is can't really become friends with any of the girls because they are just thinking of her, you know, again, status symbol, whatever. Right. Um, meet our pro, our other protagonist, I guess. Uh, he's, he, I mean, he's the primary protagonist, but, um, who, uh, is a boy who doesn't give a shit. <laughs> one, he knows his place, which is not one of the popular kids, so he, he doesn't even think that there's a chance, so he's not going to pursue that at all. Two, uh, he's just a cool dude, so he doesn't uh, try and do the gross, creepy stuff. Anime Pro Tag Kun number 10,978. Um... And they run into each other uh, at at one point, and um, he just offers to. I, I think she's out in the rain or something, and he's like, uh, "Do you need an umbrella?" <laughs> she's like, eh, "It's fine, whatever. I don't care." She's <laughs> like, Here, you can have my umbrella. Like, it's not an issue. And then he cool. walks away. <laughs> Uh, and then they find out that uh, they live next door to each other. Wow, like, so he directly just walks with her with the umbrella. Yep, could have. Then 
Uh, and so they, they, over time, they do these little things for each other, and then eventually, um... Hold on, they... how do you not know you live right next door to one of your classmates? Like, I'm uh, not going to pretend that I'm, like, a community-driven person or whatever. I can recognize my neighbors. <laughs> 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 I could, I could not. <laughs> Damn. If we, if we literally ran into each other at the grocery store, I wouldn't be able to pick them out. Well, no, I'd be, uh, I can pick out my neighbors, like, like, at stores and shit. I, I know their faces. <laughs> no, couldn't do that. Um, <laughs> You're telling me they've lived uh, next to each other for presumably years at this point. And they've never seen Not each years. other no, no, walk no. out so of they're, each they're, other's houses. They they both uh, live in an apartment right. complex, um, and they it's he doesn't live with his family. They're they're both neither of them do. They're both um, living on their own through high school. Um, it's so weird but that then Japan they, allows that. I mean, I think it's cool that uh, Japan allows that. It's just weird to me living in America. Yeah. That that's a thing that's allowed. So then, because of like them just ending up doing things for each other, like he's kind of a slob uh, because he just doesn't give a shit uh, and doesn't really care for himself uh, cuisine wise. He doesn't know how to cook, so she cooks some food for him, and then uh, he does something for her, and then she helps him clean, and then she gets sick, and he helps care for her, and then. He gets sick and vice versa. Uh, eventually, they basically start living together separately. <laughs> so she still sleeps at her place and he still sleeps at his place. But throughout the rest of the time, she's over and they study together and they uh, she cooks, he cleans. Uh, <laughs> she's She basically becomes a... a housewife but not married uh and it's very cute and they do lots of cute things together and uh boy do i hate the best friend's girlfriend because she is nosy as hell and also just garbage she's a garbage person is she this uh red-haired character uh, probably i'm looking at the crunchy roll page for it and i see a thumbnail for I see a couple of thumbnails of the red-haired girl character. Uh, let me pull that open real quick. Yes, the red-haired girl. And of course, protagonist Kuhn is the the black-haired one. Right. I, I, I've already I, I, labeled I, I, him I knew with you the serial number. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know you didn't need that, uh, but just just putting it out there because it's always that way. Right. Um. So far, six episodes in, and uh, it's still just a really cute show. I am worried for when they eventually try and and bring some drama in of like, oh, her parents say she they can't or some stuff like that. Um, but up until that point, it's just a really really sweet uh, romance novel. Okay. Um, yeah. What next? 
Uh, I'll, I'll get my uh, isekais out of the way. Okay. Because they're probably um, all really similar to each other. Yep. Uh, well, Farming Life in Another World is just, uh, the main character is overpowered and, um, gathers a harem of girls around him that all want to fuck him and he ignores it. <laughs> like, every single time, so, like, elves are, have been persecuted for a long time and so they've, they're, they're basically all refugees. They live in refugee camps. They wander around the, the world trying to find some place to stay. He creates a place to stay for them. They all end up showing up. They're 90% women because most of the men got killed off in, in wars or doing dangerous things for other countries because they're refugees and other countries can make them do what they want because that's how refugees work. Right. It sucks. Um, so they all show up and they're like, hey, now we have a place to stay and we can start making more of us. And he's like, I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, they, they do it again later. And he's like, I'm not even going to ask how that's going to happen. Just going to smile, nod, walk away. We're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> there's There's something like. Like, 50-plus women now who all want to fuck him, but he's like, Ah, eh, eh. You, you don't mean me. You mean someone else. Um, but we find out that, like, he he's, he's really overpowered. He's given the god weapon, which uh, instantly drains the life of any living thing that wields it. But... Uh, the god who reincarnated him because, uh, he dealt him such a shitty hand in the last life, um, gave him an infinite vitality. <laughs> so, and he's, he's just told that, like, here, this is the ultimate farming tool. It transforms into any farming tool you want. And so he uses it to, you know, plow or hoe or <laughs> chop down trees wow. or stuff. Uh, yeah, hoe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, then then a wyvern showed up in the last one. They're like, holy shit, that's a wyvern. It's one of the most dangerous creatures in the world. It takes an entire country's worth of military uh, to take it down, usually. And he's like, okay. And then he's like, man, I wish I had something I could... Uh, defeat the protect my people with and the uh the incredible amazing farming tool turns into a spear for some reason and insta kills the wyvern i thought it was gonna be a bazooka <laughs> and apparently that's the true form is it's it's just a spear that can change forms and uh uh yeah the okay. the god gave him something and didn't tell him what it really is. And he still doesn't know what it really is. He still thinks it's just a farming tool, but whatever. Uh, it's it's a fun anime for people who like farming. And, and Stardew Valley. Also, and, yeah, and uh, just OP characters being OP. Because it's, it's, it's just straight into that. Um, which the Misfit of Demon Academy is as well. Um, None of that foots in the uh, ground. 
No, no, no. Like, the Misfit of Demon King Academy, uh, every single episode, he is OP. Like, every single episode, they go, ah, you'll never be able to, you defeated this. Uh, <laughs> they don't even finish the sentence. No, no. It's just instantly, they win. Um, uh, campfire cooking in another world with my absurd skill is, uh, it's getting annoying. Um, <laughs> because, like, we... It, the first episode, he signs a contract with uh, the basically a ultra powered wolf that can kill dragons and uh, has been around for thousands of years because it was blessed by a goddess. And now he has to feed it three meals a day. And then now the the <laughs> the goddess of that wolf thing, uh, Fenrir. Uh, it's like, man, I want some of that food too. And so it says, I will, I will bless, I will give you a minor blessing every day or or every week. So long as you pray for me and offer me, uh, offerings in the form of, and then specifically asks for like a laundry list of, of groceries. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and yeah, it's just like characters using this character to get food and, it's and he allows it. It's not, yeah, it's not worth watching, but I'm gonna keep watching it because that's what uh, you do. Yep, yeah. uh, Handyman Saito in Another World is uh, it's wonderful. It continues to be fabulous. Um, everyone should watch it. Okay. Even after the fact that all the characters have joined together, it's still doing, like, vignettes of things. Uh, oh, like so it little... did eventually bring all the vignette characters into one party? Yes. Okay. Um, but it's still doing, like, vignettes, introducing other characters, and, and telling backstories, and it's, it's wonderful. It's a fantastic anime. Okay. Tell me about High Card, the anime you think I should watch. Oh my god. Oh, high card, man. So, what I thought was just kind of like a fantasy, uh, I don't know how to describe it. Okay, so the bad guys are fantasy mafia. Yeah. Who attempted to steal these, uh, these magic cards from... A king who was abdicating his throne at the announcement that he was abdicating because that was the moment when all of the cards were supposed to come together into one place. But apparently, I guess that was the opening scene and that failed. But somehow the cards have still all escaped that uh, the king's island or whatever. And are out on the streets yeah. now. So, and our char- our main characters are basically like Power Rangers. <laughs> okay. Who work at a fancy automobile store and try to collect the fucking cards. And I don't know why. Um, I, I still don't know why they're involved at all. Uh, other than they were chosen by the cards. And so now they're here. Um, huh. Yeah. It's it's weird. And 
some some of the cards are just like so wild. The powers are so disproportionate. Like the main character gets a gun that he can disappear. And the ability to, like, sometimes if he focuses real hard, see through objects and shoot them. Right? Yeah. That's not, like, incredible. It's cool. But it's not, like, it's not world-destroying shit. And and then one one of the other main characters has the ability to just not die. Like, he can he can be ripped to fucking shreds and then he'll just be okay. That's his power. And and then the bad guys have guys who I mean the marble guy who can just turn everything he touches into fucking marbles. <laughs> and in the uh not the latest but the the one before it cuz one came out just today and I didn't catch up. Um yeah. But a character who was introduced, and her power is just fucking telekinesis, and that involves, like, lifting school buses. And, and like, forcing, forcing the main character to point his gun at a cop and pull the trigger. Wow. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like, like, pretty overpowered. Right. How do you fight against those people? I don't understand it. And then, while that's presented as the main fucking thing, like, like the main conflict, if the mafia wasn't the ones who spread the cards everywhere, and our main heroes were clearly not because they're trying to gather the cards all back together again, then that means there is a third fucking organization or or entity out there involved in this. And I'm just... How? Why? How? (laughs) There's so much going on. Um, That being (laughs) said, the opening reminds me of Persona. It would be perfect as a Persona opening, especially with all the, like, vibrant colors and shit. Um, Yeah. And uh, the ending has the has the five main characters lip lip syncing to a song while driving in a car, and that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> nice, it's great. Uh, I love the show. I'm so confused by what's happening. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, what about adventurers who don't believe in humanity will save the world? Ah, uh, well, it's actually Ningen Fushin. Oh, right. Blah, blah, All blah, these blah, whatever. names are so fucking long. <laughs> they are. Uh, it's it's pretty good. Um, they... They're starting to work together a little bit more, and they're... They're... they're they keep getting used by the, um... The adventurer guild itself to to deal with like shitty other um, teams. Like the most recent one, there was a, a team that's basically a con artist adventurer team. Like like that's everyone cool. involved is a con artist. That's awesome. Um, and uh, they they've been using cheats to get through this. Oh, and they they do a um, they. 
get into a, uh, a a fight, and so the guild has to um, uh, like watch over this this fight to make sure that you know like this duel. But the way that the officially sanctioned duels for the guild work is it's a math fight. So one of the people has to answer math problems while the another person is fighting. Um, and once they... F- whoever finishes first in the math thing... Uh, that's it. Like, if you finish first, then the other person can't do any more. But then you have, they, uh, tally up the, uh, how many you got right. So, like, if you only finished 75% of the questions, but you got all of them right, you got 75%. But if the other one finished 100%, but they only got 60% right, then the 75% one gets the point. And whoever wins that point gets to get a hit in where the person just has to stand still and take it. Huh. And it gives a reason for this, which is that adventurers suck at math. There's no way we can get them into schools. So this is the only way to teach them math. It's to just fucking beat them up? Yeah, yeah. You, you, you have to, like... You, you need to learn math so that if you're in one of these duels, you're not completely fucked. Okay. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty funny. Um, it's, it's a good anime. Um, but I mean, really, that's, that's all I want to talk about from these. Like, Spy Classroom's okay. Um, I'm not, there's, there's several that I'm, just not cut off caught up on I'll, I'll talk for a second uh inspector two yes um the first episode really good uh it like really set the stage Uh-oh. for the characters and what was gonna happen and then you know the big plot point happened and it was like oh shit this thing's gonna happen and we need to like solve this mystery and uh, then the next episode uh, involves uh, what's her name? The uh, the ghost whisperer showing up and being like, "Hey, uh, um, here's why I think you're the murderer. And, like you, you want me to prove you're not the murderer, but here's why I think you're the murderer and how you could get away with it and all the things you could do with this." And the dude's like, "But it wasn't me." And she's like, "Yeah, I know." What? That was the episode. What? That was the episode. She spent the entire episode going over all the ways that he could be a bad person and have committed this murder and be using this ghost to, like, hide his guilt and all that. And then, and like, then but like, at the end yeah, of it, but I know you didn't at, do it. And at the end of it, she's like, yeah, but I made all that up. Uh, <laughs> I was just saying, like, if you were the murderer, yeah, here's how I would know. <laughs> And, and then we haven't watched any episodes since. Because that's bullshit. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was nonsense. such a shitty episode. <laughs> oh, it's so stupid. Fucking hell. Uh, yeah. Okay, I want to yeah. talk about Revenger. Okay. Uh, Revenger is still fucking amazing action. 
Oh my god. You could watch this for the action alone. Every single fight scene is it's it's so fluid, it's so like well thought out, everything just works. You know? It just it just does. But they decided, you know what? We don't even need just fight scenes to keep people interested. We've also got this like whole opium smuggling storyline and like yeah what if we kept that going and what if we made it so that the the samurai the the main character samurai uh what if everybody was trying to find him and kill him and and that and and the reason the reason they they want to do that is because certain people in the city are convinced that he took the opium because when the uh when his father-in-law or not his father-in-law when he, when he murdered his lord right all of the opium yeah. disappeared all of the opium that the lord had disappeared and nobody knows where it's at so it is assumed by all the uh the people in the underworld of the city and and the police force as well that this unknown samurai took the opium and that that is actually the plot of this anime like everything else all the revenger wow. shit is just like it's set dressing it's 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 world building like what i thought was the main focus of the thing was was a dodge in order to hide the fact that it's all about this opium trade shit and it's it's so good. It's so interesting. Like like all the different players coming together in, in in order to like find him. And they get so the underground gets so close. Like they've sent assassins after him and and like found him. And the only <coughs> reason he survived uh. is because he's just good. <laughs> <laughs> um and also He's apparently a very talented Western-style painter. That just happens. Okay. It uh, that just happens. Yeah, like, like he's he's undercover for one of their revenger jobs at a uh, at a like bookstore kind of place, and in his spare time, while he's watching like across the street for a person to show up, he just paints, and then people are like, "Whoa." your painting is awesome and you do it in a style that like nobody here has ever seen before. And it's because he's doing like impressionist drawings of cats and people and shit, like super realistic drawings at a time when, um, Ukiyo a is, is the, uh, the primary like art form, right? Yeah. In Japan. Uh huh. So, so now he's also just like a famous, a famous painter, <laughs> and that's that's how he makes his day to day money is by being a famous painter. Hey, that that works. And nobody knows that he's the samurai they're looking for. Yeah, it's great. I love Revenger. <laughs> All right. Um, 
I'll I'll hit up my last two that I want to talk about, uh, which is uh, the Eminence and Shadow is still fantastic, and you need to get caught up on. I it. do. Is it is it over or is it still going? It's still going. It's it's winding. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say it's winding down. It's winding up uh, for it's, the finale. It, <laughs> yeah, it's it's getting to the end of what is currently going. I mean, I I could see this coming back. Is it still as tuny and as fun? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I was yeah. really worried that as the show went on, that it would start being, like, boring. No. Like, oh, I, I, I've no. seen him do this before. <laughs> oh, I, I understand what's happening. Like, blah, whatever. It never gets there. No, no. In one of the more recent episodes, um, he he talks about how in his past life, uh, his parents wanted him to learn the piano, and so he did, because they really wanted him to. Uh-huh. And he hated it, until he realized that it would make for a perfect set piece for him as <laughs> the shadow. <laughs> until he realized he could phantom of the opera this shit. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so then he started studying a whole lot more and got really good at it. And became Mozart-level uh, pianist. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and so then, then he's just uh, around uh, and finds a piano. And steals it so that he could use it as a set piece. <laughs> and it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful set piece. Uh, he he does a great job. He has an eye for this chewy shit. Right. No, if he was like an interior designer, he would be one of the best. Oh, absolutely, he would. <laughs> the <laughs> other one I want to mention is uh, Indo and Kobayashi Live, the latest on Sudere Levinalinus Leazalate is still fantastic. It is. Okay. Uh, it's, they keep going in and like um, they, they've finally gotten to the point where uh, Lisa Latte is under attack by the, uh, the forces of the, the cursed queen or cursed witch or whatever uh, and they're doing all they can to stop it from taking over her. Um, and also, uh, the love is progressing for both in and out of the game, and it's just a great answer. Right, I assume Endo and Kobayashi are also falling in love as they do this. Correct. Yes. Okay. <sighs> uh, the last one I had on here is Vinland Saga. I'm not completely caught up on this, and we can skip it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, y- you know what Vinland Saga is, like. Yeah, I'm I'm familiar with the concept. Yeah, it's it's more of that. We, it's it's continuing. We, we don't have to spend forever on this. Yeah, yeah. What we gave facts? No, the facts about no. the game. No, no. fine. Because we have to end with the one we actually want to talk about. We didn't talk about Dan Machi so. Four. That's true. <laughs> Um, that was a false start if I've ever heard one. Well, here's the thing: there's not really anything I want to talk about with them. I'm no, uh, I mean, the, you don't the want to talk about how fantastic. they're in the best arc that they've ever done right now. Yeah, I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, uh... Continuing from the last time, they've fallen into the deep levels, and uh, they being a uh, Bell, Bell, and uh, Ryu. Yeah, and they're working their way out, and Ryu's probably gonna die, baby. Well, she keeps um, talking like she's going to die, which makes me think that Bell's gonna do something awesome to keep her from dying uh, when she eventually yeah. tries to die. Yeah, probably. That's that's a good chance. I don't think that she's going to try to die. No, she's talking about um, like, oh, I don't think the floors are going to be kind enough to let the both of us l- leave. Uh, eventually yeah, a sacrifice yeah, she, is going to have to be made, and I'll have to be that sacrifice. She to die. Yeah. Yeah. Um, while I like what they're doing with it, I, I, it's not really something that, like, you could really talk about, I think. It, it's something you just have to watch. I, I can't, I can't really say, like, oh, yeah, the best part of this is when they talk about their, yeah, there's, there's really nothing. I mean, the best part, uh, the best part in any of the fucking episodes in this part is, uh, when Bell almost bites it to a single skull sheep. <laughs> like a single enemy in the deep levels shows up and completely wrecks Bell's shit. Yeah. Just as like a sign, oh yeah, the, this place is not to be fucked with. And it's one of the weaker enemies. Like we've since seen stronger enemies down there. And the skull sheep ju- are just gimmick, gimmicky. Like they're not really that strong. But it almost bit his arm clean off. Um, yeah. And, and then the other awesome thing that happened was the, what, like, three-episode fight of the rest of the party versus the the floor boss, Amphi- Amphibinus, the, the two-headed dragon. Yeah. Yeah. Amphibina. And, and they, they fucking destroy it. By themselves. Yeah, I mean, they also got fucking destroyed. (laughs) Yeah. I I genuinely did think, because they did a a really smart thing here. Um, Two characters look like they're they're about to die during that that fight. Um, And they're two characters that I would believe they would kill off. Like, if they were going to kill off anybody... Those two are a couple of the ones that make sense. And when the one got fucking blasted away by the fire, <coughs> I was like, oh, she's she's vaporized. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't they didn't actually kill them off, but it did still fuck them up. And there's still the opportunity. Because they're continuing to go downwards since the paths were blocked. So. Yeah. But yeah, beyond that, there's not actually... It, it's hard to talk about now that I try to talk about it. it yeah. I mean, it's it's really good. Uh, it's it's not that I don't like it. It's just the, it's, there's not it's really awesome. a whole lot of... A whole, a whole lot of ways to talk about it. Right. Because it's, it's basically like pure fight scenes. Except for the, um, 
except for the scenes with Belle and Ryu, which generally are just them talking and then s- something happens to fuck them up. Everything else is just pure, pure action. Yeah. Okay. Game facts. The facts about the game where we talk about Herzog. What? The, the the game where we talk about Herzog? Yeah, shut the fuck up and read. This is a game? <laughs> we're, we're participating in yes. a game right now. It's a, it's, it's a game show right now. Oh, uh, you get points if you read the next fucking line. Fuck you. <laughs> Herzog is a strategy video game designed by Yuichi Toyama, Takashi Iwanaga, Izumi Fukuda, and Osamu Sujikawa, among others, at Technosoft Co. Limited and published for MSX2, PC8801, and Sharp X1. What the fuck? (laughs) Uh. In Herzog, you play as a mech general from the Republic of Mercies, which is currently about to lose a war against the Ruth Liberian Army, a terrorist organization that assassinated your president ten years prior. You must, in a series, of, a series of battles, defeat Ruth by building units to destroy an enemy base and mech, as well as directly fighting on the ground yourself with your mech. So it's like a... Uh... Fuck, I forgot what, what you call those kinds of games. Uh, games exist like this. Fuck! I'll move on. (laughs) Each battleground is a straight line from your base to theirs, and troops you create, with funding you automatically receive over time, automatically move from your side to the enemies, fighting whatever enemy troops they encounter along the way. Uh, So they League of Legends that shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just a very simple AI. Right. Just, here's your path, walk along it until you reach the the enemy base. Yep. If your troops manage to reach the other side, they disappear off the end of the screen and do a set amount of damage, depending on the unit, to the enemy's base. However, you can actually carry units within your mech, or technically your land armor, and drop them off wherever you like, including directly adjacent to their base. Yeah. So you can you can pick up units. You can build units, pick them up, fly to their base, land, drop them off, and then repeat. And, and can you also directly attack the base? No, you can't directly attack the base. Okay. Because because the base is off map. The five units you can make are soldiers, which when carried repair your land armor. Tanks, which are slow but strong. AAM carriers, which are the only unit that can attack a flying land armor. Oh, uh, that's anti-aircraft anti-air missile. Yep. Yeah. Uh, sidecars, which are fast but weak. Do they come with a motorcycle? <laughs> no. <laughs> they, they're, they're motorcycles. They just call them sidecars. Oh, that's Bizarrely. weird. <laughs> Uh-huh. Sidecars are what you attach to a motorcycle. 
Uh, and anti-tank guns, which are immobile turret emplacements that are very strong. Technically, you can also build a Grand Slam, which is just a nuke. It costs a lot, but instantly destroys the base if it hits it, and can only be countered by the enemy also building a nuke to collide with it. Yeah. What better way to take out a nuke than another nuke? I mean, all that would do is cause the fucking radiation to pour down on both sides and, you know, uh-huh. mutually assured destruction. Which is always what happens with the nukes. Right. Even if even you, if you did either... hit the other base. In the real world, a, a different base that you didn't know about launches a nuke at your base. Yeah. Yeah, the, the only ways that nukes get used are you are the only one with nukes or everyone dies. Right. <sighs> Including the people who didn't have nukes. <sighs> yeah. Uh, you might recognize a lot of the previous features from certain genres such as RTS and MOBA, and there's a pretty good reason for that. Herzog performed well enough to receive a sequel, Herzog Zwei, a game John has played before and even mentioned on the podcast a long time ago. I do remember Herzog Zwei coming up. Yeah, uh, I, I had to make sure that I had talked about it, and uh, I did. I, I just can't pick out which one it was. It would it would be within the first it was season five one or shit. six episodes. And, yeah, like real early season one shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Herzog's Vi is largely similar, but with base building mechanics, resource collection, unit tactical commands, patrol this zone, stand here, go to this place, etc. And a Macross-style variable fighter plane slash mech. With the Sega Genesis, they finally had the power to do what they had intended from the start. Make the world's first RTS, and what would one day be the first look into MOBAs as well. So, uh, this because season, you're right. we're just it, talking it, about it, games that invented games. Correct. <laughs> you finally got it. The second to last episode of the season. No, I mean, I got it a while ago. It's just, uh, I'm putting it into words now. Okay. You were saying something? Uh, yeah, like, you, you were you were talking about uh, League of Legends shit. Uh, it, it really is. Right. I mean, the, the, there's, there's... I mean, it's it's obvious in, in some ways, it's like, it's an RTS. Of course, it's going to be the start of MOBAs, because that's where MOBAs came from. Like, the first well-known MOBAs were created from mods in StarCraft, and then more popularly in uh, uh, Warcraft 3. Yeah, that's where Defense of the Ancients came from, which became a standalone mod that you could... You didn't have to open the game to play. Uh, it would just use the stuff already on your computer. And then, eventually, Dota 2 exists, which is completely unconnected. And <laughs> don't know how that works, but uh, it does. Uh, but yeah, like just despite the fact that, like, of course, uh, the RTS uh, becomes MOBA... Uh, is the forefather of MOBA. Uh, the original Herzog is very similar to a MOBA. I mean, you, you have a little bit more control in that you can craft the units, but it really is like you have a champion and you can 
right. go to the like you 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 destroy the enemy's base down one lane. Uh, like it seems like Spy got rid of the uh, personal character you control. No, that that's the uh, the Macross style variable fighter. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's your champion you, you, for Svi. Yeah, you you fly around as a fighter plane, and then you can land with a mech and and do stuff. And yeah. Okay. While Herzog Svi was certainly the first and is genuinely a masterpiece of a game, it was not marketed well, and thus, despite getting glowing reviews across the board, it wouldn't be until Dune Two came out three years later that the RT- RTS genre would be fully established. What was uh what was yeah. Dune One? <laughs> Dune One was mostly an adventure game, if I remember correctly. <laughs> and then they made um, a sequel, and they were like, "Yo, that Herzog game, we should fucking <laughs> we should do that shit with Dune." Yeah, it's an adventure strategy game. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. That's a weird combination. Yeah. Uh, Technosoft mostly made scrolling shooters, including their popular Thunder Force series, but they didn't last long, and many of their developers would move on to Capcom and Nintendo. Yuichi Toyama would follow what is apparently the traditional route in game design from what we've seen so far, and that he made an influential game and soon after went into management, because fuck actually making I mean, games. That, yeah, but that that is really what we end up with a lot of these things it's like yeah this dude invented games and then then he like became middle management or 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 he became president of like eight different companies like one after the other or or he fucking moved into like the health sector or whatever yeah yeah it's it's (laughs) like you, you 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 design you make your influential game Maybe two or three more after that until like all the the revenue comes in, and then you you. And then Nintendo became big, or... and we had to. Uh, we we can't work with Nintendo, so we're we're moving on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> greener pastures outside of the NES. <laughs> uh. Takashi Iwanaga and Iz- Izumi Fukuda, however, went a different route. Soon after their success here, they both dabbled in management for one or two games, and then went straight back to programming, where they've worked together on the last two decades of Mario Party games. <laughs> so these two are the reason we have fucking Mario Party? Uh, they didn't invent it. I think they did everything from five and on. Oh, okay. But that is... 20 years of Mario Party games. And also, nobody played the first four. Let's be real. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The only reason we picked Osamu Tsujikawa out of the lineup of developers, however, is because they burst onto the scene initially with OutRun, a racing game that went on to be the poster child for a music genre and art style that has confused people for years about what makes it different from Vaporwave. Parentheses. A lot. Yeah, there's there's a lot. OutRun's an awesome As... game, by the way. It, it is. I love um... OutRun. Uh, 
Uh, well, that was just the facts. Speaking of music. Oh, yeah. Time for One Hit Blunders, where we're talking about Starland Vocal Band with their album, Starland Vocal Band. God. Best known for the number one on it, Afternoon Delight. So it's worth noting right out the gate that this album came out in 1976, right? Yeah. And 1976 is largely regarded as, like, one of the greatest fucking years for rock music. Or not not rock music, but, like, music in general. Like... Yeah. This album, the entirety of it, not just the one song, this album blows. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> like... Absolutely, I agree. Like, both now and in the context of the time, like, disco is blowing up right now. Oh, yeah. So good. The Bee Gees fucking everywhere uh-huh. imagine uh-huh. imagine uh-huh. staying alive plays on your radio and you're just fucking jamming out right and then immediately afterwards they play fucking afternoon delight i would shoot my <laughs> radio <laughs> that fucking bullshit man <laughs> So, uh, what did you think of the album? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, let, let's just go down the, the list of tracks and we'll, we'll skip the first one, obviously. No, we're not um, skipping Boulder to Birmingham. We're not, we're no, not skipping that, we, that. After, Afternoon Delight is the first one. What are you that's, talking that's about? That's what I'm saying. That's the first one. It's not the, I'm looking at the album right now on Spotify. Boulder to Birmingham is the opening track. Did you not listen to the correct album? I listened to the album. Huh. Amazon also has it different. Because it should go Boulder to Birmingham. Baby, you look good to me tonight. American Tune. Starland. Starland. California, California Day, Day War yeah. Surplus Baby, Starting All Over Again, Hail Hail Rock and Roll, and Ain't It the Fall. No, between Starting All Over Again and Hail Hail Rock and Roll, that's where Afternoon Delight is. Interesting. Yeah. I guess this just moved it around. Weird. Yeah, because I actually, I wanted to talk about that, because Boulder to Birmingham is probably the single slowest slowest and most boring song on the entire album and it's what they chose to open with yeah it's it's not a good one no like that's uh, but that's not an opener <laughs> i will say like this 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 band this album has a vibe to it <laughs> and it's a vibe that i've i've listened to many other artists have I can't name any of them off the top of my head, uh, but I like it. It it plays, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, this is recognizable. And I, in general, I don't have a problem with the vibe of this. I mean, you know what this but vibe is. Every every single one of these songs sucks. Aside from Afternoon Delight, I do like Afternoon Delight. Uh, what I'll say about Afternoon Delight is it's the lyrics that drag the song down. The the instrumentation and the melody and everything 
is actually really good and really catchy, but the it it doesn't work for a sex jam, which is what <laughs> Afternoon Delight is. It is not hot and sexy. It's it's chintzy. Yeah, it's it's I chintzy. I don't I don't think it it's intended to be hot and sexy. I, I don't know what use you have for a sex jam other than to be hot and sexy. I, t- I don't know what you're doing with that. <laughs> uh, my mom sang this song a lot uh, back, back when it first came out. And, and definitely uh, pushed several uh, people away that were overly Christian that... Uh, she has she has a story about how she went to uh, went on a double date uh, with her best friend and uh, a couple of guys from uh, a I, I I guess local um, Christian college like very Christian college right uh, Covenant College and that tells you how much. Um, and they they played putt putt together, and uh, that that was like the first part of the day was doing doing putt putt, and she and her best friend were singing Afternoon Delight, <laughs> and uh, it definitely uh, definitely drove them away. <laughs> um, you, do you realize what you're singing? And they're like, it's a good song. We enjoy it. Also, it's funny. Um, but this this album's whole vibe is this like it's it's like early Charlie Puth. Do you remember early like Charlie Puth songs where he's he's really doing this like fifties sixties kind of deal, and, and but but it's all the most sexless bullshit. You like that's the vibe that that is yeah. exactly you- this. The only song I know by Charlie Puth is Light Switch. <laughs> I don't even know that one. I was thinking of that, uh, the big one I'm thinking of is the one he did with Megan Trainer that, uh, Marvin Gaye and Get It On. Huh. You hadn't heard that one? No. Don't. You don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll, I'll do the tune for it right now and you'll know, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, this is Charlie Puth singing. Let's Marvin Gay and get it on. That's all you need to hear. That's that's all you need to hear. Huh. Okay. Yep. Anyway, Boulder to Birmingham, boring, slow. Why did they open with that? They should have opened with um, Afternoon Delight, to be honest. Yeah, like the, the way I listen to it. Right. It makes more sense as an opener or a closer. Uh, and at the fall doesn't make sense as a closer either. Nope, it doesn't. <laughs> but listen, by the seventies, people are like thinking about their album track list or like where where songs go and shit. The Starland vocal band didn't. No, they were not thinking about that. <laughs> Cause like, oh my god, also nineteen seventy six. The first Fleetwood Mac album with Lindsey Buckingham and uh, Stevie Nicks. 
Yeah, I mean, it's great, great music in that time period. Right, like, and then this shit. <coughs> fucking Stayin' Alive plays, then Rhiannon plays, then Afternoon Delight. <laughs> um, Baby, You Look Good to Me Tonight was the only song on here <coughs> I thought really came close to maybe having something to it. Yeah, I'll agree with that. It it was it was not bad. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. And, and that's really the best we can say about this album for the most part. Is that this song was not bad. This one song. <laughs> this one song. American Tune was a shit show. Fuck, I don't even remember anything about American Tune. Starland was one that was like, all right, you've named this song after the band. Oh, wait. Okay, I listened to two seconds of American Tune, and it's the one that's like hymnal. It's a fucking hymn. Yes. Like, what the fuck? I I tuned out. I American tuned out. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's, It's a hymnal about, like... The founding of our country. <laughs> I didn't catch that like, at like, all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, uh, it's... And then I, I remember literally nothing about Starland. Um, no. Yeah. That, that was that was the thing is like, it's this is the song you either named after your band or named your band after. And I, the entire time I was like, this is fucking boring. California Day. I literally could not tell you a single thing about it. I can. So what happened was I listened to the album, right? And then there are certain songs on Spotify that you'll notice have, like, higher listens than others. Obviously, Afternoon Delight, 51 million. Everything else does not crack 250,000. California Day has the third highest listen count. At 126,000. So I went back and I listened to California Day. Like, really listened to it. And during that song, they they talk about, like, let's go do it, baby, or, or something. And in such a way where, where it, it's like the baby. And, and the way they say it makes it sound like they're going to make love to an actual baby. <laughs> like, it doesn't sound like a pet name. That's right. It doesn't sound Th- like a pet the name they're calling it. That was the song that was the other sex song. Yes. <laughs> like, like, there's three sex songs on this album. It's Baby After You Look Delight, Good to Me Tonight. Baby You Look Good to Me Tonight, and California Day. Yeah. And California Day is also pretty cl- pretty clearly wants to be, like, the best parts of California Dreamin' also. Like, because cause there are down parts of California Dreamin' because it's a, it's a fucking fantastic song and it has, like, parts and shit. Um, yeah. But there are upbeat parts to California Dreamin'. And that's what California Day wants to be, just the upbeat parts. Um, and it sucks. It, it fucking sucks. And then, like he said, like, like I was saying, that one, and it's in the chorus, they repeat the line like three or four times, and the way they're saying it, like, the baby, it do, it's it's gross. 
it, it it's not a pet name kind of thing they're doing. It's it sounds like an actual baby they're singing to. <laughs> uh, I was so thrown off by it. Um, War Surplus Baby. Lots of babies, by the way. Lots of, yeah, there there are lots yeah. of non-sexy ways of the word "baby" being saying. I, yeah, this one. I don't. I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it it existed, I guess. It's like a. I'll tell you this: it has the lowest to listen count on the entire album. <laughs> <laughs> People All skip right, then, War Surplus Baby. <laughs> then, then the one leading into Afternoon Delight, which is starting all over again. Um, uh, that's can you the remember one. anything about it? Yeah, I just played like a, a little bit of it. And, and it's the one where they go like, we can work it out. That's right. Yeah, that's it's like... That's right. Okay, so, you know the Carpenters? Yeah. And, and like, how they had all of these, like, really fantastic ballads, like, really, really great slow songs, but they just, they didn't know how to do upbeat, like, at all? No. Like, like every upbeat Carpenter song fucking blows. Um, yeah. That's Starland Vocal Band. They they have no idea what an upbeat song is supposed to sound like. Nope. <laughs> like all of their all of their musical ideas seem to come from like depression era radio. Yep. Because that's another thing. It's reminding me a lot of, like, the worst songs on the Oh Brother, Where Art Thou soundtrack. (laughs) Um, Yep. Yeah. Yep. It it fits, right? Yep. But I, I don't know what to say about it other than it blows. Most of these songs just blow in a way that is indescribable. Like, like you hear it and you're turned off. Like, yep, it, it doesn't do anything for you. Um, and then we get to Afternoon Delight, and which we've already talked about. It sucks. So, um, and then fucking. Hail, what? hail, okay, rock what and is roll. this song? So, like, first of all, first of all, the song starts out in, like, a slow dance. Yes. And then it turns into the Beach Boys. Right. Like, 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 straight up just the Beach Boys. This, you could, like, you could jump into the song and anyone would be like, why are you listening to the Beach Boys? Nine seconds you, in, they you, start going, ooh. Wow! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh, am I about to listen to Mike Love? I'd like to hear Mike Love. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, the lyrics are <laughs> pointless, worthless, and not. This song is in no way rock and roll. 
No. <laughs> There's no! nothing rockish about this song. Like, 1976, it's... we have the Who. We have the Who at this point. What the fuck are you doing with a song called Hail, Hail, Rock and Roll? And it sounds like some shit from the late 50s. Some fucking surfer rock shit without the rock. Surfer pop, maybe? I don't know, man. Yeah. It's bubblegum bullshit, and it sounds like shit, and the lyrics are nonsense. Yes. Yes, they are. And goddammit, I just wanted one good song. I just, I needed... (laughs) I was like, surely there had to be something here. Like, Afternoon Delight was like a top ten hit or something that year. Like, it was huge. Yep. Surely there had to be something somebody saw in this band to make them worthwhile. But there's nothing. There's a reason why they are a one-hit wonder. They, They had Afternoon Delight, which, even if you don't like it, plenty of other people clearly do. And that's it. They didn't produce anything of worth before or after that. <laughs> it's like if you took the and mamas and the papas and you just drained every ounce of talent from them. And then you ran them <laughs> through a washing machine. And then you fucking shot them in the head and buried them in the backyard. And then ten days later, you asked them to record an album. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not disagreeing at all. The, the, the Starland vocal band sucks. <laughs> they do. They they suck. Anyway, then it ends on the fucking down tempo and at the fall. Yeah, it, it was the summer. Now it's the fall and at the fall. It's another it, whatever. If you've heard a single breakup song. You've heard this song. It's it, it was the summer. Now ain't it the fall? Yeah, you've heard this song, but better. Yeah, like uh, a relationship is ending, and now something new is beginning. Like whatever. I'm over it. Yeah. This uh, yeah. I'll say it. I'll say it. This is worse than the Gary Jules album. I, I mean, I, I easily agree with that. <laughs> I really thought Gary Jules would be, I, like, the most boring, untalented person we would run across. Nope. Nope. No. This, this, These people this are is, really bad. Yeah. Starland Vocal Band sucks. <laughs> Don't listen to this album. It's not worth it. Yep. Anyways, that's all for us. That is. Thank God. That that is the end of the podcast. I never have to think Uh, about them again. Hey, what are you looking forward to in the next couple weeks? Ooh, that's a good question. Thanks. Um, It's good because I don't have an answer to it. (laughs) Um, Because I'm not looking forward to reading the book that we've got. 
Uh, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. I've got a bunch of I've got a bunch of homework I need to do, but it's not like it's interesting homework. Um, <clears throat> I've kind of been winding down on RuneScape to be honest. I have no like current goal that I'm working towards on there. Ooh, you gonna quit RuneScape again? For no, the I'm not. Eight thousandth time. I'm not quitting. I'm just I'm playing other stuff while I also play it. Like like uh, more more so now. Like I've been playing Final Fantasy twelve. That's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to min maxing the shit out of my characters in Final Fantasy twelve. God, I want, I've played this game so many times. I really do. It's one of the few games where I do feel like I'm an expert in it, and and I I can like match up classes fucking perfectly. Uh, you use the the best weapons and armor in like the best ways possible. Set up my gambits so well that like I never even have to make a fucking decision in battle like. Yeah, it. I I have across multiple playthroughs easily like 350, 400 hours in this game. It's it's one of my favorite games of all time. I'm realizing, um, and I'm having <coughs> so much fun getting to the the point where I can really start to break the shit out of the game. Okay. Uh, what about you? Well, uh, I've I've got some uh, game design stuff I'm looking forward to because today, later today, after I get rid of these dogs, um, I am going to be playtesting one of my games, and then later, I guess not next week, but the week, not this week, but the week after. Uh, I'm going to be starting work on a new game with my dad. So oh. I'm going to be working with him to make a game. That's cool. So that could be fun. Yeah. Um, and that's that's all I'm really looking forward to. Uh, a couple announcements for a couple weeks from now. Uh, we will be talking about the news and the last Sword Art Online original light novel we will be reading book four at least for so the foreseeable wanna... future yeah now yeah <laughs> I, 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 pretty pretty solidly from now on i i know you said like you don't want to go back to it but i feel like you might do it you might bring it back like five years from now you'll be like you know what we should read again <laughs> no Fucking doubt it og sao well, thank you very much for coming. Uh, it would be a real big help if you could share this with someone who uh, has a sidecar. And we'll see y'all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.